Viewers, ladies and gentlemen, especially members of ICGC Gateway Sanctuary, it's a privilege to come to your home once more with the Word of God. Even under the circumstance, we still found a way to reach you with the Word of God for us to have fellowship. Today, I have a word for the season that we are all going to discuss and share in. And we are going to talk about, in the beginning, God's principles of public health and sanitary conditions. And it's going to be interesting for you to see that all the things that we are talking about in terms of uh, social isolation, quarantining people, washing our hands, sanitizing our hands, are things in the Bible that came more than 3,500 years before we started making discovery into microbiology and the spread of diseases and so on. I believe God that as you sit through with me today, in this one hour of service and 30 minutes of the Word of God, your life is going to be transformed. You are not only going to learn about God's principles for public health, you are even going to look out for more other things, other principles in the Bible that we can learn and apply to be able to take ourselves from diseases that are associated with public health conditions and insanitary conditions. Come along with me and your life is not going to be the same. Surely your life will be transformed and you'll be blessed. Amen. I know a place I can always run to In times of distress Confusion and fear When my enemy surrounds me I know in you I'm safe For you keep me and hide me In the shadow of your wings I know a place I can always run to Times of distress, confusion and fear. When my enemy surrounds me, Father, I know in you I'm safe. For you keep me and hide me in the shadow of your wings. In the shadow of Oh
hold a smile. He's a healer of my soul. He's a tower of and gentlemen wherever you are this morning it's a pleasure to come to your home once again through this unconventional means you all know the situation we find ourselves now although the church is unable to meet as a people meeting together I believe that there are so many ways and means we can reach out to you in fellowship in your various homes I want to take this opportunity to appreciate members few members of the choir and the technical people and the audiovisual people through whose help and support we are able to come to your home this very Sunday morning this morning I have a word for the season to bring to you which is going to be a blessing to you and everybody I want us to bow down our heads briefly as we share a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, we thank you for the gift of life and health and the opportunity to still carry your word to your people in various locations. We know that even in the midst of these circumstances, you will glorify yourself so that your word will even touch a larger proportion than people who would have assembled in the church. Lord, carry your word unto the nations and to the rest of the world. And let this message be a message of understanding, reorientation and eye-opener for all of us in these times and seasons we find ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This morning I come to you with the message I have titled, In the Beginning. It's a part, a different part message. Today we are looking at part one of In the Beginning. And the subtitle is God's Principles for Public Health and Sanitary Practices. God's Principle for Public Health and Sanitary Practices. 
we will look at part two next week and i believe that as we look at god's principles for public health and sanitary practices part two is going to add to this one to be a blessing unto you i will start with a man by name louis pasteur louis pasteur is the first proponent for fermentation and, uh, and, and germ prone diseases we are talking about diseases that come as a result of germs and he also did a lot of research into fermentation if you look at the date on your screen you find out that this man was born in 1882 and he died in 1895 1882 and 1895 and you can see that this man was a frenchman if you look at the name louis pasteur was a frenchman and he was a french chemist and microbiologist he is a very good Christian. That's why I wanted to use him as a point of reference for the introduction of this message. He is a very good Christian. And this is a man who diffused the theory of evolution by Darwin. This is the man who diffused the theory of evolution. When you talk about evolution, you know evolution is talking about how... Uh, human beings were perceived to have evolved from other animals and so the human beings were perceived to have evolved from the ape and so on and this is a theory darwin proposed but this man is one of the few people who was able to diffuse that one we are not here to talk about evolution but i want to talk about his contribution to science more importantly microbiology so he was a french chemist a microbiologist if you have done a little bit of science you hear a scientific word that bear his name we call the word pasteurization pasteurization is the process where foods especially milk is treated with mild heat not more than 100 degrees celsius to eliminate pathogens pathogens are things that are able to call the cause the milk to change its flavor, to change its, its taste, and it gets spoiled and is able to affect your stomach. And this is the man who brought the theory of pasteurization. It was named after him, Louis Pasteur, to eliminate the pathogens that causes the milk to get a sour taste and even have effect on our stomach. And also, once the product is pasteurized, its shelf life is extended. So that is what I was talking about. This man is the father of microbiology. 
and he had a lot of scientific accomplishments some of which are his accomplishments some of his accomplishments are his what the cure for rabies rabies is a disease that are transmitted through dogs and other animals and cats and it's able to cause death some of it are anthrax if you have been old enough you know that anthrax was one disease that caught up the world like the one we are we are uh, uh, facing now the coronavirus anthrax was so deadly that even when they bury the animal in the ground and you walk in that place you can be affected pasteur was able to come out with a scientific breakthrough that helped in the cure for anthrax chicken cholera sickle worm these are some of the things that pasteur was able to come up with so this is one father of microbiology and how fermentation was able to develop and vaccines were able to be developed you can never study microbiology and not hear the name of louis pasteur other great people like him were alexander fleming the man who came out with penicillin in world war when people were dying from sore wounds Fleming was able to come out also with a biological product, what we now call penicillin and all the antibiotics to cure and to heal sicknesses and also gunshot wounds. So, Louis Pasteur, Alexander Fleming are people who stand out. I know for sure that Louis Pasteur was a Christian. Today, as we stand, in spite of all these things that these great men were able to do, we still have ongoing research, and yet very little is known about the origin of infections or viruses and the mechanism of their infection. So we are doing research, but very little is known about how these viruses, one of which we are struggling today, originates. Yaria Abbey, Obi babies are safe free. A year may be a nebesin and yentimi who may be a free. And how they get infected, we all know that they move from one person to the other. But how they even get moved from one person to other is still a mystery. But today, I am not here to preach about science discovery and preach about pastel. What I am here to tell you about is that in the beginning, from Genesis, about 3,500 years before we had people like Pasteur, we have people like Alexander Fleming and Lester. These great men who were able to come out with biological research, before they came, 3,500 years before they came, God had a sound public health and sanitary practices. And these are principles that can break the mode of transmission for viral diseases. And that is what I want to open our eyes to as Christians and people of God. That 3,500 years. Then so answer and crawl we be ban. Then you coupon by three thousand five hundred years. I and she shared the man in my Israel for my son. She shared the wood this one. It beat me a mawahundi deeper. A man yarrow will be said the ene yehui. 
Sasia mrasia asie bitukra. So I want to take us with the first principle. And the first principle is body washing and touching of persons with bodily discharge. Body washing. Today, if you look around, one of the things we are instilling in people in this time of coronavirus is body washing and not touching persons with bodily discharge and even touching yourself. But what did God have even before Pastor and Co. came and we started having what we are having? I want us to open our Bibles to Leviticus chapter 15. In Leviticus chapter 15, I will read briefly for the sake of time. I will start reading from verse 1. He said, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Any man who has bodily discharge is ceremonially unclean. This defilement is caused by his discharge. Whether the discharge continues or stops, in either case, the man is unclean. As Soapa said, The verse 4 says, Any bed on which the man with the discharge lies, and anything on which he sits, will be ceremonially unclean. So if you touch the man's bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water. You see, the word bathe is different from bath. Bathe is talking about what? Washing and cleansing. Bathe yourself in water. You remain unclean until evening. So even though you have washed yourself, don't go touching people until, clean, until evening. If you sit where the man with the distance has sat, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water. And you remain unclean until evening. If you touch the man with the discharge, verse 7, I will end here. You can go and read the rest or continue reading the rest later on in your homes as you listen to me. Verse 7 says, if you touch the man with the discharge, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water. And you remain unclean until evening. So these are some of the things that God gave to the people of Israel in those days. Even before we started what learning personal hygiene and learning science in school god has prescribed something for the people of israel wash your body don't touch people who are bodily discharged if you touch the person you are unclean go and wash your clothes bathe yourself and stay out of what continuous public contact for seven days and you see if you look at the verse 31 he talks about the results that will happen if the people do not follow these instructions. Look into your Bible of verse 31 of Leviticus chapter 15. I'm sure by now wherever you are, you have picked your Bible, you have opened it so you can move along with me. He said, this is how you will guard the people of Israel from ceremonial uncleanliness. Otherwise, they will die for their impurity would defy my tabernacle that stands among them. Apart from God saying they would die, even the issue of uncleanliness itself has the capacity to what? To kill the people. So God has prescribed what to be done and has also prescribed the instructions of washing. As Christians and people of God, I believe that these are the times we need to go back and reflect. That if Christians will not only read the Bible with a certain kind of mindset and will read the Bible with the principles and practices God has given for public health, 
we ourselves will be able to help ourselves and help our community. You see that these precautions are still essential in the part of medicine, modern medicine to prevent diseases. Because you see, spreading of bodily uh, uh, secretions is potentially infectious. So you go to hospital and they teach you as a person with medical practice, they will tell you that you must wear gloves, you must wash your hands, you must wash yourself, you must clean yourself, use soap, you must sterilize objects that are used for surgical purposes. Either you put it in a, a, a gadget and heat it to a certain temperature or you clean it with alcohol of a certain percentage to be able to cleanse them. These precautions are still essential part of modern medicine. Why? They prevent the spread of diseases. And even body secretions must also what? Be looked at with a lot of care. So this is what God gave in the first caution that I was body washing and touching of persons. Now the second point is waste disposal. And when you talk about waste disposal, it is one thing that we are struggling with as a nation. Ghana as a nation is struggling with what? Waste disposal. I'm sure that if the government should make the annual budget that they, they all expenditure for waste disposal, all of us will be shocked. Why? Because people just dispose things anyhow, including Christians who have the Bible to read from and to learn from. So I want you to open your Bible with me to Deuteronomy 23. You are going to look at how God prescribed waste disposal. And not only waste disposal as in rubbish, but also human excreta. Today you go to every rubbish heap in our country and you see black polythene bags. Woe betides you if you use something to pierce it. The stench that will come and what you see, you'll be surprised. So what did God do? What did God tell the people of Israel as part of his what? Fundamental principles of public health concerning waste disposal and disposal of excreta. Deuteronomy chapter 23. Let's look at verse 12. Deuteronomy 23 verse 12 and I read. You must have a designated area outside the camp where you can go to relieve yourself. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He said, have a designated area. Have a toilet facility outside your camp. Not even inside your dwelling. Where you can go and relieve yourself. Each of you must have a spade as part of your equipment. Have a spade. Wherever you relieve yourself, Dig a hole with the spade and cover the excrement. Even those days when they want to do free range, what today we call free range on our beaches, he said, have a spade. Go and dig the ground deep. When you finish, take the pain and the caution to cover it because your excreta must not be exposed to the public for houseflies to pick it and bring it back to the camp. Do it outside the camp. Dig a ground and cover it, cover a hole. And because of that, you must have a, a spade. Every household must have a spade. That is what God is saying. Look at verse 14. The camp must be holy. For the Lord your God moves around in your camp to protect you 
and to defeat your enemies. He must not see any shameful thing among you or he will turn away from you. God calls the disposal of waste around us a shameful thing. Amen. Today, government has come out with the program of anti-open defecation. And yet we are still defecating around. Government has come out with a program of anti-open defecation. In our church, we did part for the community. When we assessed the open defecation funds from the assembly, they paid half of the project, we paid half, and we provided a public toilet for the people. Still, people, including Christians, are defecating around. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy 23, and you realize, if you haven't seen at all, God is calling such things shameful things. Amen. As shameful things. That is how God puts it. That is verse 14. Deuteronomy 23, 14. Defecating around, apart from it causing you harm, bringing diseases, is too shameful for a Christian to do. Waste and excreta. Take note. This scripture of, of the portion of the Bible says, it must be buried underground and outside the camp of your dwelling. It means that if you have a sewage system that is taking the excreta into the nearby gutter, it's a shameful thing. That is not underground. Amen. That is why those engineers want us to do a sewage system underground. It is biblical. And it must be outside the dwelling. Covered, sealed, healthy. Amen. And that is what God did. You can see, and the one thing I want you to remember is that wherever similar sanitary practices are not observed, we have intestinal diseases such as cholera and E. coli. E. coli, E. coli, you see a big word, it's pronounced as insericia coli. So they, they shorten it to E. coli. These are intestinal diseases. And you and I know very not long ago, Ghana was struggling with, with uh, uh, cholera. Huge problem. You fight it and it's not going. And it was everywhere. And even you who want to keep sanitary conditions, if you are not careful, somebody will create insanitary conditions and put it in the food you buy outside. So all of us was, were at risk. Amen. And God, even before scientific discovery and breakthrough of people like Fleming, people like Pasteur, has given prescribed uh, 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 conditions that needs to prevail. Prescribed conditions. Prescribed uh, 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 public health practices and sanitary practices that must be adhered to. As far as waste disposal is concerned. And he even went further and told them that clothes of infected persons, clothes that are non-disposable, must be washed. And disposable ones must be bent. Amen. For the sake of time, I won't go even much more deeper. You can see Leviticus 13 from 52 to 54. The same place. Leviticus 13, 52 to 53, 54. Things that are non-disposable, wash them. Ones that are disposable, bend them. That is what brings the fundamental principle of disinfection and incineration in our medical facilities. You go to a, any good hospital must have an incinerator where we burn things. 
things that needs to be burned so that there won't be transmission of diseases. God prescribed incineration. He prescribed disinfection. What are you doing, oh Christian brother or sister, listening to me? The principles of public health are enshrined in the Bible you are holding. Open your eyes this day and see. And we will all be able to help our nation, help the country to have good public health system. The third one is the word that has become so popular when disease, this disease came. Isolation and social distance. And when we talk about isolation and social distance, the word that reverberates in your mind is quarantine. Amen. Quarantine. Quarantine. Now they are tossing isolation and social distance. And all these things are in scripture. Today I'm here to open your eyes. So that if Christians will learn how to apply the principles of the scripture. I am, you can see that I'm preaching mostly from the Old Testament. Next week when we are doing part two, we will look at how this fuses into the New Testament. But the issue here is that we are talking about the principles. The practices may have changed. Because this time we won't have the priest as the person who is deciding who should be quarantined or not. But the principles are the same. Isolation and social distance. I want us to open our Bible. Look at the verse 12. The, 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 uh, uh, Leviticus 13. You will see a lot of things there by isolation and social distance. Le Leviticus 13. In Leviticus 13. The Bible talks about isolation and social distance. Certainly, you'll be able to train who are through in chromophobia, but now find your man Are you there with me? Yes, I am reading Leviticus 13. I'm reading from verse 20, 20 to 21. And the Bible reads. If the priest examines it and finds it to be more than skin deep, he's talking about skin disease. The priest examines somebody's skin disease and finds it to more than skin deep. And if the hair on the affected area has turned white, the priest must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean. The boil has become serious skin disease. Now look at the, the, the verse 21. But if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area and the problem appears to be no more than skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the person for seven days. Amen. Check Leviticus 13 21. And yes, I will 
minua bema wuti mi yesi obi a watu kwen a ofri akwantu ma ba a wususu hu se bia yare bi wo hu no to hu shedem for 14 days omo time na yele process in 7 days who the 14 na fa kra kra wo hwe we eye wa wadwe pem no akoma pem na obetimi aye de aboa ye nyina this time in Leviticus 13 21 the priest will examine you and will cause you to be quarantined. Look at the verse 26 and 27 of the same Leviticus 13. If you are at home and you have opened your Bible, I'm reading from verse 20, 20, 26 to 27. He said, But if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area and the problem appears to be no more than a skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the infected person for seven days and on the seventh day the priest must examine the person again and if the affected area has spread on the screen the priest must pronounce that the person is ceremonially unclean for it is a clearly a serious skin disease in the higher quarantine or in isolation after seven days no sign may inspect you amen and if you look at verse 46 of Leviticus 14, it also goes on to say that nobody enters the house where an infected person has been quarantined, except the priest. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And the practice has changed. It is not a priest who quarantine. We quarantine people in the hospitals. And the medical personnel must do this work. But the principle is the same. And that is the message I'm passing on to you this morning. And then he goes on to say that the infected person had to cover their mouth. They will cover their mouth and mask. And they must distance themselves from people. So they don't just distance themselves. While they have distanced themselves, they are shouting, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. So if by mistake you want to come closer, you don't come closer. Social distance. Amen. And I am man of social distance. But I know the Bible. Let's look at it in Leviticus 13. Let's look at verse 45 to 46. 45 to, to, to 46. He said, that those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth. Do you see that? They must do what? Cover their mouth. And call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. This is Bible telling you social isolation, social distance, people being quarantined, people being put outside the camp so that they don't infect people and people who are infected must cover their mouth. And no bro, Bible. And then make sure Bible. And this is the principle in God's word. Amen. 
infected persons are to cover their mouth. Today we use marks to, marks to cover. They must distance themselves from people. And while they have distanced themselves, in order for them not to infect people, they shout unclean, 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 so that nobody will come close to them. And they are also put outside the camp. Brother and sister, I am coming to your home with this God's principle for public health. And if you are able to apply it, it is going to help us as people of God. I am not going to spend much of your time. This is part one of the message. Next week, we are going to look at it in another dimension. I am going to end here with these words that I want you to caption in your head. Diseases are communi communicable. Diseases are communicable. And the best protection is to prevent its spread. God's principle of public health that he inspired Moses to put into practice and writing are still relevant. They are still relevant. And until the young I didn't know who conclude via Moses. Now, all these instructions, see man or some farm microphone. When see what or central to what's in a bay in Chima to Semino, send a tummy a Bible near a shrimp near BBA and Nia. You've been with a young coupon at the end when he dear a church to two one and a quiet to two one. Semino, you be dear winning near Bay Yesu Christo, a senior for your dinner and coupon like it's being prescribed in terms of body washing and touching person disposal of waste isolation and social distance Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us. I pray that this message will go beyond from these places into our homes. It shall be a blessing not only to our church members in Gateway Sanctuary, but to this nation and everybody who comes through the sound of my hearing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Thank you, viewers. Thank you, members of ICGC Gateway Sanctuary. I believe that as I told you about in the beginning, your eyes have been opened to God's principles of public health and sanitary conditions. I believe that you have been blessed by this word. This is only part one. Make a date with me next week as we look at part two and you are going to even get into more deeper things and learn more. And let me also remind you of our weekday services. On Tuesdays, we will also be coming to your home, transmitting to you through our website, icgcgatewaysanctuary.com. You will see the links on our WhatsApp platform, on our Facebook platform. And on Fridays, we will be in with you along the same line as we did this Friday, in praying with you, also the same way through our website. Catch a date with us 
on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. and on Fridays at the same time. God bless you.